I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The FT why do free bank accounts cost £900 a year? Which household names could provide an investment haven? And why can't you always have the funds that you want? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Elaine Moore, sitting in for Jonathan Ely to bring you the financial lowdown in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Lucy Warwick-Ching. Hello. Tanya Poli. Hi. And our two special studio guests, Jason Hollands of advisory firm Best Invest. Hello and Geordie Clark, Deputy Editor of Money Management. Hello. Let's start with the money news. The idea of free banking took another hit this week after it was revealed that some accounts are charging customers hundreds of pounds every year. Instead of an upfront cost, current account holders are instead paying out hefty fees for going overdrawn, exceeding their overdraft or taking out money abroad. One bank was found to charge its clients up to £900 a year. So, Lucy, free banking gets a kicking every so often. This seems like another reason to not believe it as an idea. Is that right? Well, there's a new report out this week from which which really kind of shatters this idea of free banking. Let me give you a little bit of um, context to free banking. Um, it was introduced by the then Midland Bank, now part of HSBC, um, back in the 1980s. Um, and then it was kind of rapidly adopted by all its, all its rivals. It sounded good. Um, the idea was most current account customers don't pay a monthly fee. It looks like they're not paying for their account. But actually... Um, it has been pointed out for many years by the um, Competition Commission and the OFT and the FSA that the term free is misleading because banks will tend to get their charges and fees through other ways, which the Consumer Group report actually you know, really kind of blows open this idea of free banking because it shows that some of the worst offenders could charge you, as you said, up to £900 for unauthorised overdraft charges. OK, so let's name names then, shall we? Name and shame. Who's yeah. £900? Who's charging that? And so that's the Yorkshire Clydesdale Bank. It's their plus account. And it's um, there are some caveats. So you would, you'd have to go into the red for two days um, without any kind of pre-authorisation. So two days a month, which actually doesn't sound that much. Two days a month, you could potentially have some direct debits coming out and, and just go over by, say... A, sort of £100 and you could actually get these fees. And so this is the idea of free banking is, is an anomaly isn't it across the world? The UK is the only one really that does it. I know that I was in New Zealand for a year and you had to pay every time you used your card but I think I have a free bank account because I don't pay charges. I seem to use a debit card and not pay anything for it. If you don't go overdrawn 
then you could potentially have a free account. Although if you do go overseas or use your debit card to take money out of cash machines overseas, then you still probably are going to be hit with extra charges that are hidden, basically. Okay, so in that case, I probably am paying above the odds. Are there any current accounts that charge less than average that are particularly good if you're going to use an overdraft? I asked which were a few of the best and worst current accounts. So one of the best accounts for authorised overdraft charges is the Commentary Building Society, the first account. They don't charge anything for overdrafts up to the first um, £200. And also First Direct, their first account is good as well. You get a free authorised overdraft account. Um, But then if you are the kind of person that is going to go into your, occasionally dip into your unauthorised overdraft, then some of the better ones, they're not great, but some of the better ones are um, Halifax's reward current account, which if you go into this unauthorised overdraft, kind of the, the biggest fees that you would get is £120 a year, which is still quite a lot. So actually, I think you just need to be careful and not go into your overdraft if at all possible. Tanya, you're grimacing. Are you paying out these fees? No, no. I, what I'm interested actually about is um, obviously free banking. They've had, you know, a lot of people, they've had Adair Turner, of the head of the FSA, basically hit out and saying maybe um, free banking shouldn't exist anymore. Maybe all banks should charge for their current accounts. But then doesn't that really put people at a loss of those that people who do actually, they don't go into the overdraft, um, they actually do have a free current account and they, you know, meet the limits of what the free current account actually should be. Um, is there is there a call for like free banking to end, or I mean, do do people do do which actually want everyone to start to pay for their current accounts? Well, I think um, there are arguments for and against, but everyone's been talking about this for the last few months, and there's been people talking from other countries saying that they say so people in Holland pay um, a couple of pounds for their account every month, but actually they say it's better in some ways because they're not constantly getting calls from their bank saying that they want to sell them a mortgage or they want to you know, get money in from, for their products. Um, so in some ways, it might be better if you're just paying a few pounds a month. I mean, it, it totally will depend on how much the banks are going to start charging you and if they do. I was speaking to Andrew Hager, a personal finance analyst this week, and he was kind of saying if one bank starts to charge five pounds a month, um, would it really lose that many customers? People don't tend to move. If, it's, if we're talking about very small sums of money, they're not likely to move their account takes a lot to push anybody out of their current account. Thank you very much, Lucy. To read more about current account charges, look out for Lucy's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, why investors are turning away from investment trusts. First, though, investing in havens. On Wednesday, the S&P 500 index hit its highest level for four years, helped up by gains in energy, technology and financial stocks. But despite the recent equity market bounce, some advisors still think that markets will remain volatile over the short term. This has led to a renewed interest in the world's largest stocks, also known as mega caps. Tanya, can you explain this term? What sort of companies are mega caps? It's as you mentioned, really. I mean, they're typically defined as the very largest stocks uh, measured by market capitalization. They tend to be companies that are quite well-known household names and deemed sort of bellwether stocks I'd say so some examples of these could be um, well-known one familiar names to us all Vodafone, GlaxoSmithKline, National Grid, Coca-Cola. We've obviously got Jason here I mean obviously we should put a caveat to this it's difficult to consider anything a safe haven in the current environment obviously we've seen um, what was dubbed um, as the most safe haven asset gold sort of disappoint investors lately. I mean, what should investors be looking at? Why are mega cap stocks proving interesting? Is is it just because they're kind of the relative safety of the of the 
I think you've hit upon the key point there that there may be some relative safety in it. But let's let's start by saying that if you do have a marked sell off in equities, maybe if, through some event like a, a, a breakup of the euro or Greece exiting euro, if you're in equities, you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. The point being is that generally you you would expect to find that larger, more liquid stocks are going to be a, a, a relative safe haven compared to say smaller mid cap companies. And that's um, partly because these are more mature businesses. They tend to be more international, so they have more diverse revenues. And because they're more mature businesses, they tend to have um, stronger free cash flow and um, a track record of being able to sustain their dividend payments. But obviously, if you are planning on a sort of market meltdown scenario, you probably don't want to be in equities at all, and you should be looking at other other safer haven and lower risk assets. Um, have you got any examples of what that might be then? Well, the, the, the traditional three types of safe havens would be cash, gold that you mentioned earlier, um, and the third one being government bonds. But there's a slight dilemma at the moment because in each case, these aren't particularly attractive investment areas at the moment. Cash, of course, um, you know, very low risk, but of course banks have gone bust. Um, but obviously, uh, we've seen interest rates at record low levels of three years. So, fine, you can park your money there for a short period of time, but um, over any longer period of time, inflation is going to erode the real value. So, not particularly compelling. Uh, government bonds, again, a similar story that yields are extremely low at the moment. Ten-year uh, gilt yields are around about 1.6%, uh, and that's because pension schemes and uh, insurance companies have already de-risked. And actually some respected fund managers are now talking about a potential sort of bond bubble in these government mm-hmm. bonds. So not a, not a very compelling area to park your money. And the third one, gold. Yes, gold has had a fantastic run over the last five years, over 200% return. But the the caveat, I think, is that actually, particularly over the last year, 18 months, the gold prices started to behave much more correlated to the equity market. And, I, you know, I think that's partly due to the fact there's so many instruments such as ETFs, which enable investors to, to sort of trade gold, if you like, now. So it's becoming much more equity-like. And um, uh, that may not necessarily mean that it has the same uh, store of value characteristics that it perhaps has done in the past. A lot of the wealth managers I've been speaking to this week have talked about um, when sort of looking at sort of balancing your portfolio and just where you where your outlook is, you should maybe sort of be looking at inflation. The concerns are obviously we're seeing a lot of quantitative easing by various different governments. Um, is that an area that you think investors should look at about how to kind of make sure they don't lose out from inflation? Sure. I mean, there are ways you can um, try and protect against inflation. You can buy inflation-linked bonds or funds invested in inflation-linked bonds. But also um, equities and equity income, for example, o- over longer periods of time can be a good inflation hedge, as are um, uh, certain other asset classes like commodities. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are ways that you can hedge against inflation. And I think actually my own view is that um, – uh, with all this government debt, the only way that uh, it will be removed over the long run is actually to introduce a bit more inflation into the system. And I think you mentioned to me earlier this week about um, maybe short duration, higher yielding corporate debt. Sure, I think. I mean, there are there are a couple of other there are a couple of areas that you know maybe maybe attractive as relative safe havens. 
what, one of those would be, I think, you know, there's still value in corporate bonds. Um, you know, yields on investment grade bonds are down to, to around about 4% and high yield 6.5%. Um, in the high yield space, uh, we, we would recommend being in funds that are quite short duration because that means they're less sensitive to changes in the yield curve. There are some specialist funds that, that do that out there. Or indeed, some of the more strategic bond funds, such as AXA Global High Income Fund, um, that's a fund that where they will t- express those types of views within the fund. Um, another area that I think we'll start to hear a little bit more about is actually infrastructure. There are some big caveats around it, but um, it's a relative safe haven because these are very long-duration projects, um, essentially underwritten by government. Um, uh, but the way to access these for the private investor is primarily through sort of listed investment companies. The slight problem is, is that they're all trading on premiums at the moment. But the one we like, which is a John Lang infrastructure, that's currently yielding about 5.5%. But as I say, you know, essentially it's underwritten by legally through PFI and PPP agreements. So um, uh, it could be quite interesting. few ideas there. Jason, there's one household name that's been around a lot this week that's facebook and that's something that uh should maybe be a warning bell for investors oh gosh i mean that's a start reminder i think you know of um being very careful about investing in business that are businesses that are currently very much in vogue and in fashion and where you're where you're buying on uh, expectations of future potential rather than current earnings and i think it also there's another point there i think we one of the things we've seen really over the last two or three years is increasingly when companies are brought to the market it's very rare rare that they're actually trading above their launch price uh, a year later and that there are question marks about um uh, you know how good a job the investment banks are doing when they drum up the money for these new issues so just because you've heard of something doesn't mean it's necessarily a good investment bet thank you very much tanya and jason to find out more about havens recommended by experts take a look at tanya's article in the money section of the weekend's ft and online at ft.com forward slash money and finally today investment trusts A few weeks ago, Geordie Clark came on the FT Money Show to talk about the investment trust that could offer steady growth over the long term. Following the recording and the publication of his article in FT Money, he was contacted by a few readers who wanted to invest their money in some of these trusts he had highlighted, but couldn't. The problem, they said, was that many of the funds had small exchange market sizes. So, Geordie, can you explain what that means and why that poses a problem to investors? Yes. Well, what what they're complaining about is the availability of shares on the stock exchange on a daily basis. So the argument being investment trusts, because they have a finite number of shares available in the market, um, you can only buy and sell so many at any given time, uh, as opposed to open-ended funds where if you give your money to a fund manager, they, generally speaking, can take on as much as you'd like, and they'll create units or cancel them as you invest or take your money with you. Um, But with investment trusts, it really depends on the size of the fund. So there are some that have a market cap of several billion, uh, such as Alliance Trust, and they might trade several million pounds each day on the stock exchange. And then there are other investment trusts that have, say, a market capitalization of less than 50 million, and they might trade just 20,000 pounds a day. So it really is a a big difference between funds. So investors, you have a fairly substantial sum that they want to put into an investment trust. So investing in Alliance Trust, that's not a problem. But what are the the funds that that you flagged up as being fairly attractive that they might struggle to invest in? Uh, Actually, one fund that is one where people might struggle to invest is the Invesco Perpetual Select UK Fund. It has a market cap of less than 50 million pounds. 
and as such, it is actually quite difficult to trade. And one investment manager at Rathbones, uh, James Malton, said he's tried to invest in this before, but few people actually sell their shares because it's actually quite a highly attractive fund. And uh, it has a market cap of £38 million, and the average daily trading is about £15,000 worth, and you can only really invest in that if you're quick or you find a, a seller. So is this putting people off from investment trusts altogether, do you think? I don't think it puts people off uh, in the institutional space or wealth managers who are familiar with them, but I think a lot of people believe that they are difficult to buy and sell. But we have to remember that investment trusts are meant to be held for the long term. So if you buy into one, the chances are that you're, you're going to want to sell it anytime soon are pretty slim. So the idea is you, you, you keep it for 10, 15 years, and you shouldn't have any issues selling it when you, when you want to make your gains. So which are the trusts that, uh, that are being bought and sold fairly substantially, which are attractive right now, do you think? Uh, the trusts that are sold the most right now are the likes of 3i Group, Alliance Trust, and BlackRock World Mining is another large trust that has quite a lot of dealing on the stock market. Do you think that's something that investors should be wary of, though, if something's being bought and sold a lot? is that Does that mean it's not being held for the long term? Well, no, it's it's not necessarily that, because what it is, investment trusts are just the same as any other company on the stock market. And uh, small to mid-cap companies have the same level of liquidity, basically, and big companies are bought and sold quite frequently, such as Vodafone or Coca-Cola. And uh, the same is the case with Alliance Trust and BlackRock, BlackRock World Mining. So why are investment trusts still being ignored by some wealth managers? It's not just about the liquidity, is it? No, it, it isn't really about liquidity uh, in all cases. Um, because the funds can issue new shares if they if they see a lot of demand. Uh, it's because unit trusts and other open-ended funds dominate the market, and there are many reasons for that. Uh, they're, in many cases, easier for fund managers to launch. They do incentivize, at least until uh, the end of this year, inv- advisors through commission payments, and uh, they're also not widely available on platforms, which is the primary way through which advisors... Uh, invest for their clients. What's your opinion then? Once commission sales stop at the end of this year, do you think that suddenly we're all going to start buying investment trusts or being offered investment trusts by advisors and platforms? Well, they say it's going to make a level playing field, but I don't think there's going to be a mad rush at the beginning of 2013 for people to buy investment trusts. The the community, the, the sector believes that there will be increased interest over the years, a bit of a slow burn, and they will meet demand as and when it happens. But I don't think there's any chance people will be running uh, you know, into investment trusts and thus create another liquidity problem. I think things will be just fine and the market will grow, but not by any incredible rate. We'll wait and see. Thank you very much, Geordie. For more on liquid and illiquid investment trusts, take a look at Geordie's article in the money section of your weekend FT. But that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember that you'll find all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. You can also follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash FT Money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Tanya, Lucy, and our two special studio guests, Geordie Clark and Jason Hollands. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 